your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Blues Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Thomas Welch. And I'm Josh Hyman. We've got a fun episode for you today. We're going to be talking about David Perron because there are 57 days until the NHL season officially starts. We're going to talk about the entire situation revolving around him. Can he stay productive for this team as he's upwards in 34 years of age now? Will he start to decline? Going to be a free agent at the end of the season. A lot of question marks revolving around him, so we're going to break it all down for you here. We're also going to talk about another question mark with the Blues defensive core. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to catch it all here. But Josh, I want to start off today's episode on David Perron. Obviously, the last couple of seasons with the Blues, he's been scoring at an absurd rate. Uh, kind of the sniper on the power play. Seems like a lot of the offense and the scoring sheet facilitates through him. Why do you think David Perron has been so successful for this team? Obviously, he has fond memories of this team. He's come back multiple times. Uh, he loves St. Louis. He puts the city on his back every time he puts his skates on. How do you think he will project two years, three years, four years down the road? And why do you think he's such an impact player for the St. Louis Blues right now? That's a good question. Uh, I think David Perron very clearly just has a lot of love for the city of St. Louis and the St. Louis Blues, uh, as shown by the fact that he has left the team and re-signed on two separate occasions. Um, And I think he just works his butt off. He goes out, he he makes all the right plays. He's not the flashiest player out there. He's not the biggest driver of offense. He doesn't necessarily always create plays on his own. But when he has opportunities, he finishes them. And he does a really good job of making his teammates around him better because he's competent in the defensive end, is able to break the puck out successfully, is able to make good passes. And when he gets a scoring chance, he's he's not missing it. He's cap. He capitalizes on scoring chances better than anyone else on the team, in my opinion. I think that was evident by the the incredible season he had last year, um, production wise. And I, I just think he he's Mister Consistent. You know, there's there's no question of is David Perron going to show up tonight? Is he going to be invisible? No. Every single night, you notice him practically every shift that he's on the ice, and I think that that has to do with his work ethic and his his drive to to be better every single night you know like I said he's not the flashiest player he's not gonna go out and dangle between his own legs and make op- opposing defenses look silly uh he kind of flies under the radar but when he does you know you look at the score sheet you go huh another two points for David Perron he continues to cook so he, he's just Mr. Efficient for this team uh you know what you're getting every single night with him you're able to rely on him and for that reason I think he can continue to be successful years down the line with this team. I don't think that his style of play is one that's necessarily going to decline with age. He doesn't rely on speed a whole lot. He doesn't really rely on physicality a whole lot. He just relies on hockey IQ and being in the right place and making the right play. And because of that, I think that he's a guy that's going to age well. And I could see him you know, having a top six role on this t- on this team, not just next year, but for years to come. Whenever you talk about like a conversation revolving around David Perron, I feel like especially last year with Mike Hoffman on the same team, it was very easy to compare the two just because they were both sniper roles. But I feel like for David Perron and one of the reasons 
personally, I think he's been so successful for the Blues is the areas where Mike Hoffman kind of struggled to fit into the system. David Perron fits in really well. Uh, but like you said and kind of alluded to, they still have the same finishing aspect when they're on the power play, when they're not on the power play. Like you said, they're not going to really drive the play a whole lot, although I do think that Mike Hoffman might be a little bit better in that area with the passing and making guys miss and uh, creating an offense that way. But when it comes down to it and putting the puck in the back of the net, I think David Perron is easily one of the best in the league. Mike Hoffman is easily one of the best in the league, but when it comes to physicality, board play, playing defense in your own zone, I think David Perron is head and shoulders above Mike Hoffman. And I think that might have been one of the dynamics and why there was kind of a struggle with the two and the utilization for from Craig Berube's standpoint uh, early on in the season. I think it made a lot of sense to put them both on the power play at the same time as we were all advocating for. Uh, and when they did, obviously the power play turned right around. But uh, I, I do think David Perron is on the right path in terms of analytics and projection uh, to stay an imposing factor for the St. Louis Blues team. So it's a little a little treacherous when you look at the fact that David Perron is going to be 34 in this upcoming offseason, coming off a $4 million deal, and the Blues are going to need to re-sign him um, with money already being tight and with the need to allocate money to other areas like we're going to talk about later. I think the defense definitely needs a little bit of a rework. Um, and another guy coming off the books is Colton Pareko next offseason. So I am going to be a little hesitant when it comes to David Perron's contract next offseason. Um, if he has another season like the one he had this past year, I could see him asking for a pay raise, and it would be a little a little nerve-wracking to give a 34-year-old David Perron term and money just because anyone with that age has it has the possibility of just dropping off a cliff uh, skill-wise, talent-wise for a team, and the Blues are already bordering on being handcuffed with contracts for some of their older players. And as much as I love David Perron and as much as he's a staple of this team, he would be the oldest, or he is the oldest forward on this team at the moment. And giving him a, a big deal in this offseason could, could lead to some difficult consequences. But at the same time, he's one of those guys that if you have the opportunity to re-sign him based on what he's given this franchise and based on the fact that he's been so loyal, you can't just let him walk. So I'm very interested to see how he performs in his age 33 season. Um, I actually don't know when he turns 34. He turns to, okay, so he'll turn 34 in May. So towards the end of the year. So this will be his age 33 season. I think it's going to be very telling for his future with this organization. If he shows signs of decline this season or he continues to produce like he did, it's going to be very interesting to see how the Blues approach his, his new contract come next off season. I think so too, especially with the way that kind of negotiations went with Alex Petrangelo. Uh, and a lot of people being concerned about Petrangelo's age and the way that he was projecting and how he could potentially uh, fall off for the St. Louis Blues team. I feel like if David Perron is kind of up near the top of the Blues and scoring again, uh, we could be running into a situation where Doug Armstrong uh, tries to hardball him or strong arm the negotiation process. David Perron knows he can get more elsewhere and then hits free agency and who knows what happens but I would still bet on him coming back to the St. Louis Blues at some point in his career so if you want to do that and throw some money down you got to go to betonline.ag because they have the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball season is in full swing and you can track all of the action at betonline you can get all the latest news odds info for all your sporting needs including the MLB NBA NHL and UFC or MMA action so before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. 
Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs through the playoffs. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked on. That's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on at betonline.ag. So while you're there, uh, you should check out our friends over at Stat Hero. Do you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time than you. Essentially, you don't stand a chance. Introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. So here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's literally you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes, winner take all, you have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. Nobody else does that. I've played daily fantasy sports before. Josh and I have tried our hand at doing the gambling thing. It didn't work out for me. You are in total control here. Stat Hero is daily fantasy sports the right way, the way it was meant to be, one-on-one. So play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to StatHero.com slash LockedOn. Sign up for free, and right now, you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. So go to stathero.com slash locked on and check them out. They're fantastic stuff. I can't wait to see you guys there. So moving on, Josh and I are just a little bit concerned. We're not saying that it's all doom and gloom here. There's still reasons to be positive about this team, especially with Bushnevich, especially with Saad coming in. There's a lot of things to be hopeful for for this team. But you look at the defense, and that was something that we touched on last season. That was something we touched on in the offseason that could be potentially a sore spot for the St. Louis Blues. Josh, I believe you said that the Blues currently have 12 defensemen on their total roster. The Blues haven't drafted a defenseman in the first round since 2012, and that was Jordan Schmaltz. So it's been a minute, and it feels a little bit like the system of defensemen after Scott Perunovich falls off a very steep cliff. Obviously, the Blues just lost Vince Dunn to Seattle Kraken, and he was a very young player. Josh, are you concerned about the defensive core of the St. Louis Blues and the way that they're projecting after the last two seasons? It seems like they struggled a little bit. Or are you in the camp of, let's just see, take it season by season. Doug Armstrong has a plan. He always has a plan. So let's trust in the man with the plan. I'm not concerned yet. I am hesitant to trust that the current defensive core is going to be the one that carries this team for the next two, three, four years. You know, as far as this season and next season, they're looking all right. Tori Krug and Justin Falk are locked up until 2026 and 2027. As much as the six and a half million dollars for each of them is a little, a little concerning. It's not so, especially compared to the defenseman, contracts that have been given out this offseason those two contracts aren't looking too bad um if justin Falk continues to play like he did last season and if tory group has a bounce back season both of those contracts are going to be completely fine i'm not worried about that and the fact that we have two solid defensemen locked up long term is great the one thing that does concern me and it extends to colton pareko as well is the fact that justin Falk is 29 tory krug is 30 Colton Pareko is 28 and is due for a contract next season. Marco Scandella is 31. Robert Bartuzzo is 32. You get the picture. 
And when I'm saying I'm concerned about the defense, that is a concern that might not manifest until 2023-2024 when you're paying a 33-year-old Tory Krug and a 33-year-old Justin Falk a combined $13 million. And who knows what Colton Prego is going to get this offseason. So I'm not concerned yet to answer your question. I think that this defense is going to be pretty good next season. I think if Tory Krug continues to gain comfort in this role – that he's going to be really good. I think if Colton Pareko takes advantage of the full offseason and is able to maintain his health and is able to really bounce back and even come close to the form that he showed in his 2018-2019 season, then those top three defensemen are really, really good for any team. The concern comes in with the fact that it doesn't really look like they're set up for the future when it comes to defensemen just yet. Luckily, they have plenty of time to figure that out. I think Scott Perunovich could be a really good piece for this team. Um, I think if in next year's draft or next year's free agency, they focus on adding some young defensemen to this team, then the defense will be all right. But as of right now, it is very, very clear that the forward core is looking all right and the primary need for the Blues moving forward in terms of restocking the prospect cupboard is going to be defensemen. So... The concern isn't there yet, but it's certainly creeping on. That kind of brings me to another question that I had that just literally just entered my mind. So obviously, any Blues fan in the world will tell you that I think the pipe dream besides winning a Stanley Cup, winning another Stanley Cup uh, for any St. Louis Blues fan, probably next in line after that would be seeing uh, one of the Kachuk boys in the St. Louis Blues sweater. Matthew Kachuk has been circulating and talked about this whole offseason. It sounds like he's more likely to be moved next offseason. If he does get moved, in your opinion, Josh, would you rather see a blockbuster trade for Matthew Kachuk or a blockbuster trade for a young defenseman with term in his prime, considering the depleted core of defensive youth that the Blues are currently sitting on? I think it depends on what's going the other way. You know, as of right now, if the roster stays the same and let's say you trade Vladimir Tarasenko. I would rather them see them get a Kachuk brother because as much as the defense doesn't have a sure thing long-term, the offense doesn't have it either. Yes, we have Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo and Pavel Buchnevich and Ryan O'Reilly, guys that are definitely going to be sticking around for years moving forward. But it's been a few years since we've had like a young guy join this team that we say, like, oh, they're going to be a staple of this franchise for years to come. Obviously, Kairou with that big breakout season last year and Robert Thomas, same sort of thing. We're, we're confident that those two are going to last on this team moving forward. Um, I, I don't think that the Blues can really go out and acquire a young gun defenseman right now just because they're going to be playing behind Falk, they're going to be playing behind Krug, and they're going to be playing behind Pareko. So unless you're trading one of those defensemen or one of those defensemen drops off this next season and and shows that they're not really capable of being a top two or even a top four defenseman, then it makes sense to go out and get a young defenseman. But I think if if you're leaving the roster as is, it makes more sense to go out and get a forward for like this next season, the season after that. But when you're looking at the really long-term outlook and like five years from now, I think that they're really going to need to go out and get an, another stud defenseman to shore up that defensive core. But if, if you're talking about a trade this offseason, this trade deadline, and winning now, I think the forward core is more important. But long term, I think the defense is more important. And you're talking about breakout seasons of young guys, kind of like we saw with Robert Thomas a couple of years ago, what we saw with Jordan Cairo last season. 
Blues are hoping for breakout seasons from Clem Costin and potentially Scott Perunovich as well. The problem with that is... We need a breakout for Scotty Perunovich. That would solve so many problems. It would solve a ton of things. The problem is, at the end of the season, both of those guys are RFAs and they will need new deals. Like we already talked about, Colton Pareko will need a new deal. David Perron will need a new deal. Cal Clifford comes off the books. Zach Sanford could potentially come off the books, but that's not a whole lot of money to play with, especially if Vladimir Tarasenko is still on your team. So kind of what we've been talking about this whole offseason with the dark cloud looming over everything still feels like even if Vladimir Tarasenko still comes back to this team, I cannot see him making it through the entire season or making it to 2022 in the next season because the Blues need that cap space and they need that cap relief to be able to offer contracts to one of their top scorers who's sitting at a 90 percentile for finishing in the league uh, for Colton Pareko, who's kind of one of the last players from the cup run dipped a little bit defensively. But like you said, the Blues are very depleted at defensemen right now. And so having Perunovic, Bertuzzo, and Pareko come off the books at the same time is not potentially ideal. So it's going to be very... Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how the Blues navigate it, uh, and honestly, it might give me a headache. But what won't give me a headache is talking about Built Bar because they are the best-tasting protein bars I've ever had. They have a ton of delicious flavors. There's something for everyone. They have coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. And not only are Bilt Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein in each bar, calories ranging from 130 to only 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. And Bilt Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team that just tore it up at the Olympics. So go to BiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. When we come back, we're going to round out today's episode with a little bit more talk about the defensive core, what the Blues could potentially do years down the road to kind of fix the handcuffing situation that they've kind of backed themselves into and whether or not Colton Pareka will be traded. So don't go anywhere. Realistically, if you're Doug Armstrong, looking at the contracts that went out to defensemen, I feel like you have to be a little scared for this Colton Pareko uh, season and negotiation process coming up, especially considering after the Stanley Cup run, felt like a lot of people had Colton Pareko's name in their mouth as top 10, top 20. He's kind of taken a dip in production defensively since that time. But if he jumps right back up this season, it could make for a massive payday for him and a massive headache for Doug Armstrong. So is the Tylenol for that headache, if you will. Uh, trading Colton Pareko before you even get to that situation, uh, maybe moving him for some younger defensemen that might not be as established yet, but could potentially provide some upside. How do you think the Blues navigate these obstacles here, especially revolving around Colton Pareko, who is such a big name for this team, has the A on his sweater, one of the last remaining members of that Stanley Cup run? I feel like if you lose him, that's a lot of identity going with your team as well, but maybe they're still in the process of transitioning to an entirely new identity. So what are your thoughts on that situation? I think the the Colton Pareko situation is sort of reminiscent of a situation of a couple other guys on this team. And that's why that 
this next season is going to be so crucial for the Blues, and it, it may sound like a pretty obvious statement that I'm about to make, but there are a few guys in this past season who had outlier seasons, and some of which were positive, some of which were negative, and whether or not those players continue that trajectory or revert back to their old ways or what we expect from them are, is going to be so crucial. Colton Pareko is one of them. We've seen that, you know, in the cup run, he has the potential to be the best defenseman on a Stanley Cup winning team. Him and Alex Petrangelo were the one and two on that team with Pareko honestly looking better than Petrangelo at moments. Tori Krug, we know, has the potential to be a number two defenseman on a cup winning team. Obviously the defensive side of the game isn't necessarily there for him, but offense, he has the potential to be the best offensive defenseman on a team. Justin Falk, sort of the reverse of that had a spectacular season last year and was the best defenseman on this team for stretches. Um, So if, if any of those three guys, you know, have positive seasons like Krug steps up, Pareko steps up, Falk steps up, all of a sudden, the defense is looking totally fine. But if Falk reverts back and Krug doesn't really pick up from his Boston days and continues to sort of be a little bit underwhelming and Pareko continues to be underwhelming, then you're looking at three guys that are at best top four defensemen and zero top two defensemen on this team. Another guy like that is Robert Thomas. He struggled last season. He's going to be getting a contract here pretty soon. And if he continues to struggle, then you're saying, oh, man, one of these guys that we thought was going to be a staple of our forward core is now looking like he might not peak where we wanted him to. Jordan Cairo, if he continues on his trajectory, you're like, okay, we got a new first line forward. So there's so many different elements of this team that, depending on how this season goes, could completely reshape the look of this team in the years moving forward. And defense is going to be so critical. Those $6.5 million contracts for Tory Krug and Justin Falk could either look like some of the best contracts in the league or absolute albatrosses, depending on how those two play in this upcoming season. So until we get maybe like halfway through this season, I have no idea what my opinion of this defense is because we I don't know what to expect out of Tory Krug, Justin Falk, and Colton Pareko. And those three are supposedly going to be our top three defensemen moving forward. So it's 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 a little shaky, but I'm I'm optimistic. I think we've seen flash out of Pareko that make that he's been a dominant defenseman. I think the back problems really slowed him down a little bit. But with a full offseason of being healthy, I think that he can reestablish himself as one of the best defensemen in this league. What that means for his upcoming contract, who knows, but it would be a good problem to have if Pareko earns himself an eight, $9 million contract and establish himself as a number one defenseman on this team. Because while that contract would be a little scary, it would solve the problem of filling the hole that Alex Petrangelo left. And two other guys that kind of fall in that category of expectations are uh, Jake Wallman and Nico Mikola, who both showed flashes of kind of taking the reins and finding their feet in the NHL. And I think almost them more than the other guys. I mean, Tori Krug, you kind of expect him to bounce back. Justin Falk, you kind of know what you're getting with those guys and like why you traded for them. And uh, those expectations should be sound. But really with Jake Wallman and Mikola, we really don't know the full spectrum of what they're capable of at the NHL level. I mean, obviously Mikola is a big, heavy guy. He doesn't play with a ton of grit, but we've also seen him stick up for himself at times and stick up for his teammates. He could prove to be like a massive body enforcer. Like, I'm not saying he is the Dano Chara, obviously, but like 
there are different ways for him to develop as an NHL player. And we've seen like one, two seasons out of him. Jake Wallman the same way. I feel like Jake Wallman was the reason that the Blues felt comfortable uh, moving on from Vince Dunn because they are similar types of players. But we really don't know like what he's fully capable of. So this season, especially like we talked about this being a long season again uh, and back to normalcy, it's not a shortened season. You can kind of get more the flow of the season and feel a little bit better about your play and establish chemistry and all of those things. I think they're going to be big seasons for those two as well to kind of really insert themselves as daily players in this roster and find out who they are as an NHL player. So that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I know you're excited, Josh. I'm excited. Prospect camp should be coming up here. I would expect that announcement to be soon because the tournament in Michigan is the end of September, I believe. And then training camp, I assume, would be before that. They want to send guys to the tournament. And then, like we said, season starts in 57 days. So we're going to be breaking it all down here on the countdown every single day. So make sure you tune in. But I think that's all the time we have for today. So thank you guys so much for listening to the Locked on Blues podcast. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're currently listening to. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Locked on Blues. You can follow me on Twitter and Spotify Greenroom at 1215. You can follow Josh on Twitter and Spotify Greenroom at Josh Hyman NHL. But like I said, thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.